The digital nomad lifestyle is nothing new. It has become a popular lifestyle across generations. You've probably heard or read about quite a few examples by now. But how many digital nomad moms have you met? Here, in this podcast, I want to debunk the notion that the digital nomad lifestyle is just for singles without kids. Plus, I share social media marketing tips in here too, because that is how I make money, and I'm convinced that almost everybody needs social media marketing nowadays. So, tune in every Friday for a new episode. Welcome everybody to this new episode of the Digital Nomad Mom podcast. Today I'm joined by Nicole Leno and I am very excited to have her with me. We're doing a little bit of um, off-topic talk today again. Nicole is not the uh, classical digital nomad mom as uh, of the description or def by definition, <laughs> but um, we have been doing these types of shows and episodes uh, on and off on, on the Digital Nomad Mom podcast, as you know. And I always like to bring in some, some opinions and some insights on the topics of um, how to create an online business, social media strategies. And, um, and also, I think why I really like uh, to bring on Nicole on this show is because she has a different take on... Um, combining work and you know the work-life balance um, but I let Nicole explain this a little better she's calling herself a hippie in a in a how do you say it a hippie in a business code <laughs> I, I always say it, I'm a type a hippie is what I, I a how hippie. I refer to myself <laughs> and I like that and it resonates I mean it, it does clearly resonate with most of um, the people listening because everyone I think most people who who aim to or are living the digital nomad lifestyle we're all type a hippies of some sort i clearly fall under this category as well and uh so yeah um nicole and i we met only recently on social media in a clubhouse room and um i think it was one of the female coaches unite rooms that you joined and so um now we're taking this Uh, online connection to talk about a little bit about yeah well about you Nicole let us uh, hear your story first and then we'll see where we go from there <laughs> sure I uh, thank you so much for having me on I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to just just chat with you and to in, and to you know hopefully give everybody some value and 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 get have have them get something out of our stories together um, my my story What I like about, I guess I'll tell it in slightly a different way for this audience, because I think that your audience is a bunch of people who are, you know, breaking the rules somewhat and not looking at life linearly, or they're thinking about not looking at it so linearly about like, this is what I do. And then I do this next, and then I move on to this, and then that's my life. And <laughs> I love that. And it makes me free to share my story in the in maybe a little bit of a different way, because I have kind of this convoluted path. I, I right now I am a, I'm a business and visibility coach. I always say, I, because I, I focus very much on mindset and helping people show up and come out of their shell and do things that are out of the ordinary do things that feel a little crazy to other people or do things that feel crazy to ourselves, you know, like showing up online, showing up authentically, sharing who you are, sharing your story, digging into what your story really is. All of that is what I do now, but my convoluted path, um, I didn't always own it myself because 
I was saying, well, if I'm a coach, maybe I should have this background. That would be better if I sounded like I came from this world. And what I, I started out, I was an actor. <laughs> I, I acted in New York City. That's where I grew up. I acted out there. And like a lot of actors, I ran out of money and I got a job. And the job I got was corporate job. I got a job on Wall Street and kind of fell into that. However, I do think I kind of manifested that. I think I was looking for some structure. I think I was looking for what I learned there. And, but when I was there, I was like, don't tell anyone you were an actor because everybody here went to an Ivy League school. Everybody had this pedigree. And I was really running away from myself and I was running away from my truth. And I do feel like every step I've taken has been a lesson in embracing the last step and embracing all the steps and loving them all for what they were, which is a necessary part of me being who I am right now. And so that my story is I, I was the actor, then I moved on to Wall Street. I burned out on that career after like six years. I was did really well there, but was like, this is not for me. And I made the crazy step to say, I don't want this anymore. And bless my husband, he was like, okay, we can you can leave that fancy job with the big paycheck and the big bonuses and all of that stuff. And, and let's take a chance on, on this idea of going back to acting. So we moved from New York to Los Angeles because my husband is location independent. He, while he works for a company, he works remotely. So we literally can work from anywhere and live anywhere. And so he said to me, he's like, we may not always have this opportunity. So yeah, let's go someplace else. I could get out of here. I don't know why we're here now. And we left, we moved to LA, we went there, we were there for six more, six to seven years, almost seven years. And then now we live in Austin, Texas, and we're parked here for a while, but we do have kind of, I think that there's an itch for us to be scratched, which is, you know, to at least spend a few months abroad or do something that, that feels different because we can. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to hear. And um, there's also a lot of parallels um, to my story. And I, I would like to ask you this question, if, if you can point the finger on that moment or maybe that experience, uh, or do you know the reason why you suddenly decided to go 100%, you know, I am, this is my truth. Uh, I'm stepping up. I mean, you had always this nagging voice inside your head, but was it maybe seeing other people or interaction or uh, what, what helped you to actually step up and say, no, I'm not going to follow this other people's path, but choosing my, my bold way. <laughs> I, I got hit over the head a bit with with reality. So, so when I made the big move out of corporate and into, into this, uh, in, in, and to go back to acting, to do the crazy thing. Um, I remember the look on my boss's face when I told him I was going to leave, I was quitting my job and I'm like, I'm going to go be an actor. And he was like, what? Um, but I remember, I remember a moment where I, I was diagnosed clinically depressed was what happened while I was working there. I, and wow. those signs are really subtle. They're, I mean, they're, they're impactful. They're definitely powerful to the person experiencing them, but you can desensitize yourself because you can normalize it. You can normalize the fact that you just don't want to get out of bed. That you could just say like, I'm so tired. I just don't feel like it. I, but, but the dread that I felt about going, I didn't know until I went to see somebody. And he was like, what you were describing is how we define cl clinical depression. Okay. You are 
depressed. Um, one moment that I remember that I've, I've, I've talked about before, you know, on my show and in lots of other places, but it, it, I remember it so well. I was standing in this very fancy building that I worked in um, on West Street in Manhattan, and I'm in front of a floor to ceiling window, and I'm leaning against it with like my forehead pressed against the glass, looking down from the sixth floor onto West Street. And I remember the thought I had was, look at all the free people down there. Mm-hmm. Here I had this fancy job. I had this big paycheck. I was in these fancy clothes. I had Louboutin, Louboutin shoes on, like mm-hmm. what on paper, what everybody would think was, was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I felt trapped in my life yeah. in that big glass box. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. like, something's got to change. Yeah. That's so powerful. And it, it's, it's funny because um, the other day I listened to um, a podcast about happiness and um, yeah, it was also, I mean, the people on the show were discussing the same, same topic um, that, you know, wealth or financial independence doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy. I mean, you can look at many examples out there the famous celebrities that have it all, most of most of them come to a, or go through a crisis, personal crisis, or uh, we've seen so many cases um, where it clearly shows money doesn't buy you happiness, and um, it's still like, yeah. When I when I think about, um, and also when I go through my my coachings with people when they approach me and say yeah, they want this and that lifestyle, and that's that's why they want an online business and then and I always say and what what is it what is it that you actually after because we're all after I mean essentially we all want to be happy right that's our number one goal um, and um, when they say they want a location independent business then that's 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 the foundation to it right because they think then once they have that all established then they're going to be happy and uh, partially, obviously, it's true because then you can travel, you can uh, buy the things you want if it's going well. Um, but still, you gotta focus on, you know, on yourself, on what else is there, what else. Uh, it's not only this one thing because once you reached your goals, what what then? You know, you got this online business, you got this location independent uh, lifestyle, you got this acting career in your case, but then or the corporate job in, in that case um, you still I think um, what's really important in life in general that you have this sense of mission and and vision more profound and now it's I'm getting really philosophical here but uh, <laughs> I think I can talk to you about this because this is also what you do in your coachings with with your clients right that you mm-hmm. talk about the mindset and and getting a little bit under underneath the topics and not only you know uh superficially so um yeah i don't know do you want to add something to the happiness part well i was going to say that a lot of people it's and something that i kind of work through with my clients too is is recognizing that that it's never the thing that's going to make you happy Mm. it's you have to know what you're looking for. You have to know what is it about location independence that you want? Like what is the want within the want within the want? And because when you get to that core, so it's like asking why you want to be location independent, why? Mm 
you know, and, and you, you want to make sure that when you get down a couple layers deeper than that, that you're at something real and you're not looking to like band-aid something that it's like, oh, well, because you could also, sometimes you can get that same result multiple ways yeah, and, and, and just opening yourself up to that. So it's, and, and I mean, location independence, it could be anything. It could be, some people might say, you know, I want to, I, I want to have a podcast and, you know, it could be the exact, well, why? Mm-hmm. What do you want from that? And that's kind of how you get to, to, to anything as far as what will make you happy. Nothing's going to fill you. Mm. You have to do that. And when you say like money doesn't buy happiness, money just amplifies whatever it is you've already got going on. Mm. So if you've got a, if you're a hot mess, it's probably <laughs> going to make you a bit of more of a hot mess in some ways. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Very true. Nicole, you're also uh, a mom, and mm-hmm. um, uh, tell us a little bit about this role and how it impacted your life, and how do you see yourself, um, yeah, embracing the mother role, but at the same time trying to make it work, or you making it work as uh, a mompreneur. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and it's you know it it is a juggling act. I, I will say this, like, and I. I used to hear people like my child is the best thing that ever happened to me. And before I was a mom and, and now I totally get the weight of what that really means. Hmm. Um, my, my son's three, his name is Jake. He's adorable. And he's the the sweetest little boy, but he's also a three-year-old boy and needs a whole lot of attention. So yeah. working from home with him home, not at school. And, and it's been a challenge for sure. Um, how being a mom has changed me. It's changed me it honestly helped me get more in touch with that authentic version of me, that, that authentic me, because, you know, that capacity for love, the patience that it takes to be a good mom. I'm constantly reminding myself all the mindset work that I do with my clients and I've been doing with myself. I get to see, he's a reflection of me and my energy and what's going on with me. And I'm really determined. i I did not have the most patient father. He was very impatient and a little absent. And so I'm very conscious about the mom I'm being and the parents were being. I'm conscious of how much is absorbed just mm-hmm. naturally. Um, he won't remember any of it, but it'll be in him. So I'm really, really careful with, with how I parent. And it just makes me, it, it, it made my heart grow. My, my heart is bigger. My capacity for love is bigger because of him and I'm more patient, more mindful. And, and that's just seeped out into everything that I do. It's made me a better coach. It's made me better at everything that I do. That's not to say that it is not a challenge to do the day-to-day stuff for sure. It's it, we do have a nanny. We are, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky I have help, but yeah. she's part-time you know? So there's a lot of like doing some work after he goes to bed and and juggling it that way. And really trying to, the biggest thing for me was, was um, really realizing that I, I needed to stand up for myself and my business with my husband and not from a perspective of him, not allowing things or not being supportive, but Mm -hmm. I, my tendency is to think like, well, the mom should do all of these things. The mom yeah. should do this mom, 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 mom. Mm-hmm. And I had to say, no, we should just, we should have a schedule and it'd be like on these days, you take him when the nanny leaves and I take him these days. And, yeah. and 
setting that up and putting up those boundaries. And he said, yes, right away. Like it wasn't a problem. It was more me asking for it because I'll just do it. And he'll mm-hmm. just assume that I'm doing it. And then I'd be bitter yeah. and angry. So, <laughs> so that was yeah. a big lesson. That's a crucial point. I think uh, most most moms go go through. At least I can definitely a hundred percent relate to that. And um, it's not so much that the the partner isn't ready for taking over. In fact, like in my case too, my my partner he's really supportive and he always does immediately the things like. Um, but sometimes in the beginning, I noticed I was just clinging on that mother role. But at the same time, stressing out so much because I couldn't get my, all my other things done. And then I realized it's it's not anyone else's fault, but mine. And I have to just let go and let other people also get involved. Because, yeah, in the beginning, I thought, no, mom has to be there 100% all the time. But uh, mom also needs a break <laughs> and uh, take care of herself. So, yeah, with my second son, I'm I'm a lot more mindful and uh, a lot earlier, um, uh, you know, I was a lot earlier ready to actually give it to daddy and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to get a massage now. You know, all these all this types of things I would have never said in my first, uh, with my first son. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's so important. I mean, we know, happy mom, happy family, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and there are so many things that can be tied to that. I think there's, it's just a good lesson for us to remind ourselves. I think women can take on a lot mm-hmm. and we, there, there's this, there's this dual thing happening where we're both upset that we're not getting supported, but we're mm-hmm. also not asking for it. Yeah. And if, and if you don't ask, you don't get. So, mm-hmm. and, and just taking responsibility for that, because it can be a way that we hold ourselves back. Yeah. It can be, you know, that can be a story that you have in your head. Oh, well, I don't have enough time to do anything because everybody needs me so much. And yeah. that leads to so many other things, so many yeah. other thoughts. Exactly. But I find uh, having a structure and a clear, like a calendar, that's also the, the, the tool mm-hmm. that we use. So everyone knows exactly the, the week is laid out or the month is laid out and everyone knows when, where and how it, it's going to happen. And that's, uh, yeah, that's super helpful. Um, do you have any, any other, um, mom hacks, uh, so to speak, like if someone is only thinking about it, uh, should I really get on this path of creating my own online business or maybe I have started and I haven't really sorted out, uh, or figured out how I should manage or can manage my, my day-to-day life other than a calendar, uh, and an established routine, would you say there's something else? I mean, the definitely, I mean, the routine is huge because mm. it's for the whole family and you're coordinating a lot of people, but I'd say, I, you know, I'm, I, I do a lot of mindset work. I would say that as far as the mindset, first of all, <laughs> if you're going to go into having a business, certainly one where you're going to take the family on the road mm. and make that, that level of commitment that make sure that you are taking all excuses off the table and you're taking radical responsibility for everything that's that's happening and because otherwise it can breed resentment you can start to create excuses where you can't succeed because Mm -hmm. this person needs you or this is happening in the house and and really just just asking for help and making sure that you're when you look at something and you can't do something 
asking yourself rather than blaming something or someone or because that 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 I think is the dangerous thing is that some women can end up blaming and resenting the family for her being held back. Hmm. And if we take responsibility and we just say that I'm creating everything that that's happening right now, how can I make this better? There's always an answer. There's always something that can be done. And just coming at it from that perspective with an open heart, not to beat yourself up, but to just say, how can I, how can I change this situation rather than shifting into blame because yeah. the family is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a, that's a good approach and advice. And um, I think also sometimes maybe uh, what ha has helped me definitely is um, setting realistic goals. Like when, mm -hmm when you're just uh, starting out, especially, I mean, we all know that once we're on a mission, it can't get fast enough, but uh, especially when you are a mom, um, you can't do the things as fast as other people who can sit behind the, their computers 24 seven. So I, uh, I tend, I, I love my work and I, I tend to work a lot whenever I can, but this was one, Uh, eye-opening moment when when I when I sat there with my 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 first son and I was I was nursing him and then I I just I it just dawned on me okay Julia you gotta slow down yeah. <laughs> you have this you have this little baby now and this is priority obviously and things will take longer or you have to tell people they have to wait because you have the best excuse and uh, yeah I guess patience is a big word Patience is a big word, but it's also one of the things that's really interesting is if, if, if you stop pushing and you start to enjoy it more, yeah, it will get easier and your results will be just as good, if not better. And because you're, you're allowing, then you're shifting into allowing instead of forcing. But yeah. one other thing that I, I will say just in the, in the vein of what you were just talking about is a lot of people, what they, what they end up doing is they end up when they kind of over-engineer or, you know, They, they can't tell the difference between a project and a task. You know, they'll mm -hmm. say something like, write social media posts, do break it down into chunks, little bite-sized pieces. And then you can break that down into the smaller pieces of time that you have. So mm -hmm. if you only have 20 minutes, you can write headlines, you can write the captions, you can choose the images, you can do one of those things for one yeah. post or two posts, but being really specific about what your task is, rather than looking at it as something bigger and where your brain yeah. starts to shut down and starts to say, we don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. We don't have time for all of that. It takes me three hours to do that. No, it takes you three hours maybe to do the entire thing for all the posts. What if you wrote one right now, just the caption, and then mm -hmm. after nap time, you find an image for it, or you take an image for it, and you edit it, or you make a graphic. And breaking mm -hmm. that into separate tasks can be can be helpful for to wrap your mind around it. Yeah, it makes it easier to to bite off. But it's also it's it just makes it you can be more productive in shorter pieces of time. Yeah, that's true. That's a good good tip. <laughs> cool. Um, maybe to before we wrap up the show today, um, can you tell us a little bit about your current project and what you're working on right now, and how people, if if they're interested, how they can find you and sure and check out your program. <laughs> Oh, I would love that. Thank you. Sure. I, I'm, I'm kind of always working on the same thing for the most part. I, I, I 
I do different kinds of workshops all the time, but uh, my program is called the Limitless Entrepreneur. It is a, it is a, a group coaching program. It's a year long program where people can work with me on building their business and mindset. So um, we're, we're always talking about how to, I, I'm also a, a, a rapid relief method practice, practitioner, which helps people clear limiting beliefs. So mm-hmm. I do all of this stuff. I teach business building mindset and clearing the limiting beliefs. I teach all of that inside my Facebook group. I do weekly trainings in there. I actually do show up twice a week in there. Uh, the group is called Unlock Your Inner CEO. You can actually go to innerceogroup.com and that'll take you right there. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to Nicole Leno official on Instagram. So you can keep in touch with me there and see what's going on. Perfect. Awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. I watched uh, partially of the masterclass uh, that, you, that you just run this week and I must say it's just really valuable. So people should check it out. I, I didn't get to watch the second part of it just because I told you I was just uh, the past two days full-time mom but I will do that over the weekend. And uh, yeah, amazing. Thanks so much, Nicole. Uh, clearly a lot of value here. And so, so interesting to hearing your story. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. And um, if you want to say one, one, last, uh, one last thing to say people goodbye. <laughs> Oh, well, 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 thank you very much. I'm just so grateful to have been here. I hope that everybody got value out of listening to this episode and, and hearing some of my story maybe helped you feel like, feel your way into, into an authentic part of yours. But thank you so much for having me. This was really yeah. exciting. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for taking the time out and thanks for listening, everyone. And yeah, this was it. See you next time, next week with another episode of the Digital Normal Mom podcast.